da 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 You sound insane. You realize that? Yeah. The whole world got crazy. Seriously? It's showtime. Brian Gill, what's the movie of the week this week? This week's movie of the week is The Hunger Games Mockingjay Part 2. I'm going to be interested to hear your thoughts on these Part 2s. The splitting the uh, young adult novel into two sure. movies on the last one. Is that, have, is that a requirement now? Is that Straight cash, show me. Exactly. I want to talk about... Got to make that money. I want to talk about the whole machine that this, um, these adaptations have become. Uh, but this is our third Hunger Games podcast episode. Wow. I think we've done more on this series than any other series, right? You might Until be right. Next week. Yep. I feel like we've done one other trilogy from beginning to end, but I, the Marvel oh, Hobbit, movies. The Hobbit, we, probably, we did. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, if, yeah, if you count the Marvels, all as one. Yeah. But Marvel I'm, and The Hobbit, we, we've done um, while oh, they were true. released. On a serious note, we are doing a marathon this weekend. Mm, we are. I'm excited. Which is... We're all going to run 26.1 miles. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. It's been hard to stay caught up on Hunger Games to refresh myself on the past Hunger Games films because I'm already in full Star Wars binge mode for our Star Wars marathon yeah. coming up this Sunday. And we're going to be recording, let's just say, multiple hours of Star Wars material right. leading up to The Force Awakens. Now, and what is A Force Awakens? What is that? Just for the people that are uninitiated, I I think I it's a toy seen. line. Okay, uh, I've seen it in Walmart. Uh, okay, it's a toy line. It's this new. Uh, kids love it, so okay. you know we got to cover it. Now we're we're actually doing an episode on each Star Wars movie. I guess we'll just start at the original trilogy or start at the prequels and just work our way through it. However long it ends up being is however long it ends up being. I guess as far as that goes, maybe have some guests come in and out, have a good time. Yeah. So. Look for those to come it's out over the next. Look for those to come out over the next couple of weeks. Maybe we'll release two a week. Uh, yeah. from now on, it's a good so, idea. Unless the fans prefer them all at once, I don't know what the preferred method. Maybe two a week. We'll try that. So, what do we got on the docket? I know we have one thing because the tweets are still coming in. <laughs> <laughs> Can I just say? Yeah, I want to take a second, seriously, because. You know, we started doing this thing almost three years ago now, and I think um, Richard and I have talked about this in the past. We're really glad that Kent never told us how few people were listening to the show at the beginning because I think we would have just quit at some point. And now we have a lot more listeners, and it's I just want to say, like, you guys are awesome. Seriously, our feeds well, were, mean- well, except for... The three or four most that have come on yeah. the show. I think and... well, I have a healthy disdain for most. <laughs> but Ryan loves you. Yeah, You're his but, friend. but I'll speak for Kent and just say no, you guys are great all. because our feeds were full, yeah. like Twitter, email, Facebook. Um, some of you found out our our email addresses or excuse me, our our phone numbers, which was weird. But yeah. all <laughs> just for like a week, every message was just. Have you guys seen the Now You See Me trailer? Or, guys, and then just here's a link to the Just now you question see me mark. Yeah. yeah. Just probably, I don't think I'm exaggerating by saying 3,000 different people <laughs> sent us some sort of note yeah. about Now You See Me. So, thank you guys. Seriously. <laughs> so- we have gr- we seriously have great listeners, and this, this last week proved it, I think. I was out of the country 
with no service. So I had a, a particularly interesting experience because <laughs> I literally touched land um, and then uh, my phone just exploded with now you see me stuff. And then I had to drive five hours home and then get to it. And uh, it was. Yeah, it unfortunately, was... you missed the onslaught of the when it hit the airwaves. It was just one after another. And notifications were flying at my face for like 50 miles an hour. It was it was pretty intense. But it's funny because we had multiple requests for an episode on the trailer. Yeah. Because <laughs> we've done, I think, two hours, maybe three hours of Star Wars trailer talk so far right. this year. And does this speak to the power of the podcast or the the power of the awfulness of Now You See Me? I can't decide. I don't know why those things are mutually exclusive. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that's true. So great. <laughs> it's just, just so funny that that's the thing. I tweeted from our feed something like, Forget Star Wars. This is the thing that's going to keep us going for three more years, and it's totally true. I really think as much as we talk about Star Wars and as much uh, love and 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 uh, tweets and whatnot that we get about Star Wars, now you see me absolutely tops that, don't you think? Like, this people just, it's like crazy. to hate stuff more than they like to like stuff. That's true, but it's just the most innocuous, random movie that no one really—I mean, who really cares? But us and, and the people who listen to our show. <laughs> yeah, so funny. It is the most random movie to have a hate club going for. It's a very <laughs> yeah. random. Yeah, but um, hmm. so I got about thirty more minutes if you guys are ready. Yeah, let's do it. Go ahead. Okay. So, are they wizards? No. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So I watched the trailer. Did you guys watch the trailer? I did, yeah. Yes. I want I do have thirty minutes prepared on it. If, Many times. I do too. So uh general thoughts. We'll start with you, Kent. Because we never get to start with you because you always host. So I'll let you start here. Well, the four horsemen are back. <laughs> well, still, kind of. well, sort of. Yeah. It's still <laughs> unclear, yeah, as to their motivations. What are they? Uh they can control the weather now. So right. they're gods. They're like, the under, they're like the Undertaker, dude. He might yeah. appear <laughs> late in the <laughs> The bell just rings. Like that might turn me. That's the, I think that's the only thing that could make me a fan of the series. Is somewhere in the third act, just bong. You know, if they're gonna control the weather, at least do it right. Right, exactly. They could turn into water too. Right. Yeah. Very. That's it's very, very common. Normal, though, very common for, trick. We've all for, seen that yeah. trick on Vegas. Yeah. You know, when Lance right. Burton turns into water in front of your very eyes. We've seen that. They're magicians. And, Standard. Apparently, Harry probably. Potter reprising a role not not daniel radcliffe it is harry potter uh, according to the internet because that's how they have reacted to the fact that he was in the trailer and in the movie because apparently they're one and the same they're not he, he's not fictional um and what a movie t for harry potter to show up in in a wizard type Rupert, role but, oh well <laughs> i saw can't doesn't get that joke when i saw the hunger games mocking jay part two i hope i don't have to say that too many more times uh, this hour. I saw the trailer to Now You See Me too because it's a Summit Entertainment production. Ah, yes, yep, same here. Yep, yep, yep. And the reaction to the trailer was very disappointing slash shocking slash amusing, all in one. And I just want to ask you, Brian, what was your experience like in yeah. the theater? I want to go in more detail about my experience watching the trailer in the theater, but I want your yeah, I had the same. I I saw I, I saw the the trailer during Mockingjay, and uh, I was with some friends, and so was it they for the all... first time. No, no, yeah. no. 
I saw it 100 times before I saw it in the theater. (laughs) Out of courtesy to the listener, every single time somebody sent us the link, I clicked the link and watched the video. um, It is part of my brain now. So, but my friends all, you know, kind of sat up and looked down the aisle at me like, oh man, this is going to be great. (laughs) And I, there were two opposite reactions in the theater. Um, I would say, well, no, let's say there were three reactions. So there were about, Probably most of the theater was just like, huh, like, what is this thing that we're about to witness? And one person, well, let's say one, I think one small group of people, they were really excited about Now You See Me Too. Like, I could see them turning to each other and looking and giving the the head nod, the knowing nod of like, oh, yes, this is it. This is what we've all been waiting for is Now You See Me Too, the most random sequel of all time. But one other person from behind me, so I couldn't see what sort of hero this person was, just goes, what the crap? Like, really loud. And just and then followed it up with, are you kidding me? So that was a good, I, I, I should have just turned to that person and said, I should have told about movies you podcast. I saw the movie with you, but. <laughs> yeah. So uh, most people didn't care, and I imagine that will be the general know, reception. Dude. That thing made, let's see. Made over 300 million. I think. Yeah, made a hundred domestically. And Kent and I's theater, when we saw it together, and I'm not, I refuse to see this movie not with Kent because it's so much more fun. (laughs) But keep the tradition alive. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because carry the torch. No one hates, I hate movies that are bad. Kent hates them with his body. It's beautiful. (laughs) Poetic. I do, do, yeah. He hates them with his body. I physically hate movies, yeah. If, yeah, movies just, that Ken hates, his body, you can just tell it. It makes it just, better. It's, it's like 4D. To him, yeah. yeah, but uh, anyway, the art theater loved it. Remember, Kent? It was I, like, I, there was like clapping and overlapping and all kinds of stuff. I love the fact that we experienced that together. It's just one, I'm never going to forget that the rest of my life. Especially for always like gonna... two months before it came out. That was the funny Yeah. Part, <laughs> which is the lamest humble brag ever, but like, it was... It was like this weird screener situation, and Kent just destroyed their. Oh, it's the best. It was a great day for America and for this country, which are the same thing, so that's good. So it looks like they haven't changed a thing. We're in for a great ride. Well, we've swapped out. It's almost identical to the first trailer for for the first uh, Now You See Me. Who's the eighth biggest actress right now? Well, let's get her. They seem to have done that both years. Lizzie Kaplan. 2013 and 2016. Poor Isla Fisher. That was a tough year for her. With that, and she hasn't uh, recovered from Gatsby. that. Seriously, yeah, she hasn't. Not great, not great. But and we then, got Lizzie Kaplan. So I like Lizzie Kaplan. I know I you guys Kaplan. are both fans, and and I I don't dislike. Her. Are we it's sure? Just, it seems Isla like Fisher, a random choice. Are we sure Isla Fisher is even still around? Did they really just feed her to the piranhas? Well, well she TV, plays like. the she plays the merry go round this time. <laughs> merry go round, uh, Carney. Yeah. 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 She did Cameo. have children, so I will, you know, with actresses, I will always give them the benefit of the doubt of that. If they want to, if they choose to have children, that's great. But, uh, but uh, it's 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 not looking good for Isla. Another little interesting, or note, her husband, really. No, something else I noticed from the trailer title is "Now You See Me Too." Now, apparently, not "Now You See Me." Yeah, the they second changed act, it. They that changed. Was, gosh, last minute without telling not, us. They can't even do that right. Yeah. I know. It should be know. called "Now You Don't." I don't understand how do you do that. It bothers me. You have the only cool thing about the whole movie would be if they were called Now You See Me, Now You Don't. And they couldn't even do that. But there's no third one. 
at that well, point. Well, then that's, you just go, now you see me three. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does seem like a missed opportunity and very much speaks to the well-thought-outness of this entire franchise. <laughs> so, <laughs> franchise. It's a franchise, guys. It's a franchise. <laughs> All right, dude. Ooh. Don't worry about it. Chris Angel's hyped. So is his prop guy. Kent and I met him. <laughs> yeah, he is. By the way, <laughs> if you if you watch a magic show from the rafters, not, you can <laughs> tell it's all fake. Oh, <laughs> By the way. Shocking information. Also, if you watch from below the stage where the trapdoors are, <laughs> fake. Fake. <laughs> totally fake. You guys are really ruining magic for me. Thanks. Thanks a lot. Maybe. Brian hates magic. We the less you know, magic. the less you know, Brian, the more you'll actually see <laughs> something like that. The closer you look, the less you see. Get oh right. my bad. Gosh, I do hate magic, though. I do. I don't. I don't. I love magic. Cool I unabashedly love magic. I'm That's going a, to see Penn and Taylor in like three weeks. Penn and I would Taylor. see Penn and Taylor. Penn and I would Taylor. Also see James Penn Taylor and, Taylor. and yeah. <laughs> playing with Pinch and William Sean, Penn. Sean Penn and, and James Taylor are. James Taylor. They're going to angrily talk to each other about politics the entire time. No, I'm seeing Penn and Taylor. Penn and Taylor. Gosh, I can't what is wrong with me? I don't know. <laughs> that small stroke that it impairs me from saying Penn and Teller. But I'm seeing Penn and Teller in a couple weeks, so I'm excited about that. Here's a I question for you, uh, Richard. Better Teller. Teller or Miles Teller? Or Bank Tellers. I think we go. I think we got to go Teller. Because Teller would do cool tricks with the cup. He'd like make the cup <laughs> disappear briefly. <laughs> Never, never forget. Never forget. <laughs> but can Teller play jazz drums like Miles Teller can? <laughs> I don't think so. Point. You know what? It's a good point. That's a heck of a point. <laughs> All right, what else we got besides Now You See Me? We can just keep going. We got more trailers, I guess. Yeah. More trailer talk. Yeah. Captain uh, America trailer. I've, I, don't, I don't really I, care about that one. I just want to talk about Now You See Me. So Yeah. See Can we go back to Now You See Me for another? I don't know. <laughs> they stopped the rain, guys, and made it go back into the sky. How, <laughs> like, how are we going to explain that one? I, just, I don't know. Okay. We're, we don't, You don't even attempt at that point. Okay. All right. So Captain America 3, Captain America Civil War trailer, teaser trailer, trailer number one, if you will, dropped. Minute long, two minutes long, somewhere around there. Sure. Minute 30. Uh, give or take the titles and the credits. What do we think? First impressions, Brian. It looks really good. I'd kind of forgotten that this was coming. I'm still so I'm still so hyped for for Star Wars. That's totally. Oh, sorry. No, you you uh, you mispronounced Batman v Superman. Oh, my bad. Sorry. Uh, you I, Star Wars, which I guess is Croatian or something. But it's yeah, Batman versus Superman. Okay, reverse. Cool. I I just thought Dawn like, of Justice. My, Cindy right. Cohen, there Dawn, of Justice. Dawn of Justice. The, the Cohen, Dawn of Justice. Gotcha. Um, well, I, it's, it's, uh, it has some flash forwards and flashbacks because it's also about the origin of the Supreme Court. <laughs> yeah. Why we thought that was a good idea as a country. You guys have. are going to love Ruth G- Bader Ginsburg <laughs> in this movie. <laughs> She's super jacked. Ruth Bader Ginsburg is so jacked in this. Yeah. Oh, it's man. Ronda Rousey. So get ready. <laughs> Buckle up. What were you uh, saying, Kent? Anyway, I'll, so I, uh, I've i been so locked in on Star Wars that I've kind of forgotten that other movies will come out after Star Wars. Will and they, so, though? Will Star well, Wars just I guess we'll, like... we'll see. Um, but uh, <laughs> maybe for us it will. But anyway, so I'd kind of forgotten about it. I was surprised to see the date. It just seems like, wow, that's really close, and I hadn't really thought about it at all. 
Um, but the trailer's good. I think uh, this is the most. I think this is the most interesting arc within the Marvel universe right now. Mm-hmm. I think Winter Soldier was was a great movie, and uh, the Cap. It's amazing that Captain America is the most. I don't know that it's necessarily the most interesting character, but what they're doing with him is the most interesting of that whole. Well, the, the, yeah, well, the whole. The whole... Uh, you don't like Iron Man fighting Iron Man suits? Because right. I'm pretty exactly. into that. Exactly. So, that's very, so I think the Captain America storyline is interesting to begin with. And when you add in Civil War, which I, you know, I'm not a comic guy, but every comic guy will tell you that this, that's a great series. And uh, it's, I think it's interesting the way that it's set up of of Iron Man and Captain America basically taking opposite sides from what you would expect uh, them to take, I think. And so the trailer was very good and, uh, and quite uh, grim. It looks pretty, it looks a little bit dark, but uh, in a Marvel-y way, hopefully, and not a, not a DC kind of way. But I was impressed. I, I liked it quite a bit. I did as well. And you feel like what they're doing with the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. series and stuff is leading up to this story arc as well, mm-hmm. more yeah. so than the Age of Ultron did. Age of Ultron felt like, oh, Ultron's a really cool villain. Let's do that, you know, for a movie. Mm-hmm. It didn't really have feel like it had much to do with the previous films. This does feel like it's building up to this. Right. And I'm excited. A lot of cameos. Ant-Man apparently in the movie as well. Maybe yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy makes a cameo. I don't – who knows? Um, yeah. We'll see. Yeah. Ant-Man was all over that trailer. You just couldn't see him. So. Couldn't see him. Yep. We know he's in it though because Paul Rudd's just like – Oh my gosh! I got to be in Captain America three. You know, like doesn't yep. even didn't even try to hide it. Um, did you get to revisit Ant Man, Brian, on DVD, I, Blu-ray, anything like that? I haven't yet. I think it comes out next uh, in the next couple of weeks. So I will be. I will then because I really like that film quite a bit, and it's grown on me even since the the, the theater viewing. Um, going back and thinking, you know, I've been slowly working on my end of the year lists and rankings and stuff that I, that I always do. And Ant-Man's kind of creeping up the list a little bit. It's got an outside shot at, at top 10 when it's all said and done. So I'm, I'm looking forward to the rewatch on that one. Richard, what were your thoughts on the trailer? I was fine with it. I always find that Captain America movies have the worst trailers and the best movies. So, yeah. so by being not super hyped by the trailer, does not mean I'm not super hyped about the movie, if that makes sense. Sure. Um, but, yeah, not that it's a bad trailer at all. It just doesn't really – I wasn't, like, pumping my chest and, like, punching through a wall or anything after it. It felt very typical of what we've seen from Marvel yeah, thus far. exactly. More and emphasis I'm- on the music this time, which I really enjoyed, which weirdly sounded like a orchestra version of a Queens of the Stone Age song that I can't yeah, put dude. my – can't put my – maybe go with the flow or something like that. That's what it was called, yeah. So I'll go back and – because I was like, where is that melody from? Queens of the Stone Age. Good band. Anyway, continue, Richard. Yeah, so I'm uh, I'm 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 optimistic about it. I mean I could not have cared less about Winter Soldier when I went in to see it and then I loved it. So Right. I think a lot of people had that experience. Yeah. So I think it's a pretty common experience. So this one obviously has higher expectations because of that. Um, but I'm 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 excited to see it. And it's it's kind of basically a half Avengers movie. Like Sure. I mean, it's kind of Avengers point five in a weird way. So I'm I'm pumped for that. I'm kind of excited to see the scale of it, um, and it might be the last time we see Downey for a few years in a in that role. So mm-hmm. uh, interesting. I'm 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 pumped for it. I can't imagine an Avengers without Iron Man, but that might be the world we live in now. Yeah, yeah. I think that I think that Infinity runs coming War, to an end. I guess be- he's not a part of that. Yeah. 
But again, as I've said before, they're I think they're doing it the right way of if we don't have Iron Man, if we don't have Robert Downey Jr. to play Iron Man, uh, then we'll just keep Iron Man out of these movies because I it's you're 10, 15 years away from at least maybe ever of being able to just kind of slide somebody else into the suit and pretending. Well, like, oh, it's fine. Mine's you know. out there still. <laughs> <laughs> the cup, it matches. I wonder so. what they do with Iron Man. <laughs> What's the Tony Stark character storyline? Do you think recast I, it? Do they? I mean, I does think he they pass kill it down him. to somebody. I think, he, I, think I, think he, I think he probably dies, movie. but they have to pass I don't know down the, this movie, but. They passed down the technology, maybe War Machine. Right. So Don Cheadle probably b- prominent role. In, <laughs> yeah, maybe. No, the maybe other, they'll bring no. back Terrence Howard with this mm, Empire. Movie. I wish. Um, mm-hmm. It kind of looked like War Machine might be dead in this trailer too. To be honest with you, so that could be an interesting twist. Very. Rhodey was definitely down. So you know they don't like to kill people off in Marvel movies, except for Clark Gregg. Spoiler alert. So um, you know maybe not, but he, he that didn't look great for him. Did not. What do we got TV wise? What have y'all been watching? I've been uh, just plowing through Master of None, man. Loving my life. Sticking with the grinder, going grinding hard still. <laughs> um, Grinder's great, man. That show has really That's really what I've heard. I've enjoyed it to begin with, but it has the last couple of weeks have, have jumped up a notch. It's a let's talk about Master we did a weekly recommend on Master of None, but we should talk about it briefly more. Have you finished it, Kent? Yes. I, I still have it. Yes. I've still got a couple left. It's very good. It's awesome, man. Noelle Wells so, is very good too. Yeah, and she. I totally forgot she was even a part of the SNL machine. Yeah, um, she's done a good job of distancing herself from that. I she feel came like. out hot that first episode. She did that awesome Weed and Dunham impression uh-huh. and some other stuff, and she was like, "I was like, oh, okay, well, they found Kristen Wiig again already. That's awesome." And then nothing for. I year guess it just then. didn't vibe, but you know, personality yeah. wise, she yeah. sure has the talent for it. But she's great in the show, and. What a well-written first yeah. season um, yeah. by Aziz. It feels really natural. It feels like it's such a cross between uh, Louie and... It's got a little Seinfeld in it. It's got some Woody Allen in it. It's right. got some Kanye West in it. <laughs> it's like a... I mean, it's like a pull from all... A ton of different uh, influences, all of which are, are great. Spectacular now. <laughs> James Ponsalt, the the director of the show. And (laughs) the episodes he directed were great, especially episode seven, which can we spoil? Sure. No, I say what it's about. I mean, the cup, the cup plays a pretty big role. (laughs) Yeah, it does. That's a spoiler. The love interest. Uh, Sex interest. Okay. I wouldn't go full love. (laughs) It's crazy how good the cup is. I know um, the range, how Aziz and Amy Schumer are like the, number one stand-ups and, like, number one comedy minds in America right now, I feel like. Don't you think for their, like, the young up-and-comer stand-ups, like the, I guess, the Seinfeld and the, uh, I don't know, Ellen of their generation? I don't know. I would have put Mulaney in that category, but... I think Aziz is is huge. (laughs) Aziz does, like, arena tours in, in in the States. No, no I, thoughts I on that <laughs> from anyone. No, Do you know right. who Russell Peters is? <laughs> Do you know who Russell Peters is? No. Yeah, he was on. Sh- he's got several specials, and he was one of the judges on uh, Last Comic Standing. You should Google Ru- Russell Peters. Kent, this guy, you've never heard of him. He sells out giant, giant, giant arenas mm. in America. In America, and you've never heard of him because you're white. Oh, he's like 
I don't even know his race. Um, I know he's Canadian. I think he's of some sort of Middle Eastern. I, I think Indian descent. Uh, so not Middle Eastern, but but uh, this guy he'll he'll go to he'll sell at Madison Square Garden seven straight nights, and no one knows who he is outside of his fan base. It's interesting. Yeah, it's an odd. It's an interesting thing. He's, but he's anyway, funny. on the yeah. point of he is funny. No, he because Aziz is one of the up top up and comers in uh, comedy. Yeah. Yeah, he definitely is, and and that's <laughs> and it's cool because I've I've been you know I'm a fan of Aziz, have been for a long time. The not his two specials ago was great. I can't remember what it was called anymore, but uh, that was a fantastic stand up album, one of my favorites. Buried uh, Alive was it that one or no? It was he did Dangerously Delicious. He did one called uh, Aziz Ansari, um, Madison Square Garden. Was it the oh? Those. I think Dangerously Delicious is the one you're thinking of. can't remember what it's called. It's, it's Intimate Moments for a Yes, moments. there it is. Yep. Yeah. That's a fantastic stand-up album. One of the best. Uh, and he's he was great. I mean, he was probably the reason that I watched Parks and Rec for the first six or ten episodes. He was so much more prominent in the early episodes. Yeah, well, he was, yeah. and his character was, more, was better developed at that point because – um, as much as we all love Amy Poehler, Amy Poehler's character was pretty annoying for the first. The first season is is only six episodes, but for so into the about halfway through the second season, it took a while for Leslie Nope to become Leslie Nope, and Ron Swanson wasn't nearly as enjoyable as he would become either. Like I think the reason I stuck stuck with that show is because of Aziz, and so um, all that to say, I've not watched any of the new show yet. But it's uh, a very. Um... You haven't seen Master of None yet? Oh, Brian? I haven't. Look, it's very Tarantino, too. Interesting. Very, like, that, with the uh, title sequences and the music oh, choices yeah. and everything. I can see that. Or maybe David O. Russell or something like that. Like, pays he pays more attention to that kind of stuff than... Mm-hmm. Definitely the title sequences at the beginning are very Pulp Fiction-y, and they're kind of... They're different every episode, so there's no theme song. It's just a different, like, I don't know, random pop song for the theme, you know? That's really, cool. it's cool. It's well constructed and well thought out. They didn't try to do a typical sitcom or typical one camera show. Um, I really enjoyed it. So excited, excited. Uh, hopefully, it does well numbers wise and may justify a second year. Hey, ma'am, fam, question for you: Do you own a small business or are you a boss? Are you looking to hire awesome people but you just can't find somebody to fill that role? Well, let me tell you about ZipRecruiter.com. With ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to 100-plus job sites all with one click. In fact, over 80% of jobs posted on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate in just 24 hours. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. That's why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them. Right now, you can post your jobs for free on ZipRecruiter by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. One more time, try it for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. Thanks to ZipRecruiter for supporting this episode of the Mad About Movies podcast. That's it for movie news, I think. All right, well, let's, uh, let's uh, talk Hunger Games I don't mind stealing bread from the mouths of decadence. So what do we think of this series? 
how how do we feel about it four movies later, Brian? I know you were a fan of the books. You read the books. Uh-huh. So you're our source on that. I did not read the books, but I have enjoyed the movies. I've enjoyed talking about the movies. Sure. And Richard, where do you stand on this? <laughs> it's interesting. I have not read the books. I've seen all the movies. I would not have seen any of them if not for this podcast. I'll straight up say that. They don't interest. I'm not in. Like, I don't like prison. Like, Brian doesn't like <laughs> the ocean. Who likes prison? No, hold on. I don't watch, like, Orange is the New Black. I don't watch. Uh, I don't like anything about prison. I don't like anything. Well, you don't about like the, women either, so. I don't, and I don't like anything about the woods, and I don't like anything post apocalyptic. Those are my three. Just like Brian doesn't like the ocean. Kent, do you have anything, like, genre wise? You're just like, I don't care. Genre wise? Um, yeah. Like, if a movie takes place in. Typically fantasy, like medieval fantasy, I don't like. I love The Lord of the Rings, but anything outside of that, I really don't care for at all and would never see. But that's my one, probably. I'm pretty open to sci-fi. I I factored that into the Westerns and different genres and things. uh. (laughs) Yeah. So anyway, post-apocalyptic stuff like that. Dystopian futures, you don't like those? Yeah, I don't like dystopias. I like it. See, that's not my thing. So anyway, I never would have seen these, but I like them. I look forward to them, and I think they're really big movies, but they never feel to me like really big movies. They're like, and I know they make a ton of money, and Jennifer Lawrence is a total star, and this movie will gross most things that I think are really big movies. I'm fully outwardly admitting I am wrong, <laughs> but these feel like small movies to me, um, and I can't explain why, but they're they're fun. They're they're they really are. It's a cool little narrative. It's uh, to me, it's it peaked with the second one, yeah. Um, and as as you know, it, it 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 grew to that one with the first one, and it's since fallen off since. But it's still a perfectly fun way to spend two hours, and uh, I I enjoyed them a great deal. So those are my general general thoughts. Yeah, it feels like a small movie because the original one I think was a small movie. Right. Um, it had a eighty million dollar budget, but normally a movie of that magnitude would have a hundred and fifty to two hundred million dollar budget. <laughs> but for every um, Divergent and Hunger Games or Twilight, uh, there are there's equal amount of the beautiful creatures and the host and the right. ones that don't work right. that you never yeah. uh, hear about, and that's why they. Really try to make these as small as they can with these small, you know, like summit pictures and things like that is because they're high risk. And mm-hmm. uh, you got to hope you capture lightning in a bottle with a, an actress like Jennifer Lawrence or, right. um, you know. Have a, you guys seen the next summit movie actually called Lightning in a Bottle? <laughs> can't wait. I thought well, that was a Nicholas Sparks It's book. Michael uh, B. Jordan uh, and uh, Noel Wells, actually, he just mentioned. Can't and wait. Can't he wait. plays lightning and she plays the bottle. <laughs> It's, it's not written by Nicholas Sparks, but by his like it's best friend. So. Yeah, it's like how James Patterson. <laughs> Is that really a Nicholas Sparks book? Because it if sounds it's not. Like it, it should be lightning in a bottle. We could totally sell this yes. idea. It's no question. And you could you could group in some weird like Grecian mythology, like kind of as like <laughs> yes. a backstory. Exactly, it takes place in Greece. Yeah, yeah, it's in Greece. It's on an island in Greece on the Mediterranean Sea. Yeah, Crete <laughs> and. She's an American girl who's just over there studying and she meets she meets like a Greek guy who she doesn't think, you know, he's not the right guy for her, you know? Yeah. But he's really attractive. Right. 
Her family's not going to approve. She's so, wealthy. She comes from money. That's why she's in Greece. So Lightning in a Bottle, written by Nicholas Sparks, presented by Summit Pictures, coming to a theater near you. Soon. Story by Mad About Movies podcast. There's a there's a stormy night like halfway through that really brings the whole thing together. There's a lot of like beach kisses where she jumps, does that leg wrap around thing around the waist and kisses yeah. him a lot. That happens like six or seven times throughout the film. Right. <laughs> yeah. Leg wrap around thing. Yeah. So how I feel about this is I agree with you, Richard. It peaked with Catching Fire. A really enjoyable film Catching Fire was. It definitely was a peak there, and it just kind of slowly went down the hill here. There were some good, fun moments and exciting moments in Mockingjay Part 2. I definitely enjoyed it more than Mockingjay Part 1. And it makes me question why Mockingjay Part 1 had to be made and why this whole split happened. You can make this into two hours, and if not two and a half. You could make one Mockingjay movie, and it would be fine. Um, they, I know, I realize they make almost twice the money, maybe more than twice the money by doing it this way, but right. spare us the experience and the, I don't know. It, it didn't feel worthy of four, you know? It, maybe this is a trilogy. Make a trilogy, you know. It is weird, and this is probably in poor taste, but I'll just say it anyway. It is weird when one of the actresses has been dead for almost two years. and He was in this whole movie. I know. Yeah. Like up until the it's very end. It's just like end, kind of jarring very, and yeah. I miss it terribly and I'm not at all trying to make light of his of the loss of Philip Seymour Hoffman, but Right. Uh it was weird to see him and good to see him though as Who well. Else? Uh Brian, what are your thoughts on the series up until now? Um I guess refresh us on your your background with it though, I as well. Yeah, so I have read the books. I would not say that I'm a fan of the books. I think the first book is a very a very interesting idea and is Sort of okayly written. Is that is that an endorsement? I don't. I mean, it's fine. Okay, that's the blurb. That's the blurb on the paperback. Yeah, right? sort of okayly good. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's a decent YA book. I don't think that I'm. I haven't read like every YA book, but I've read more than you guys for sure, and and plenty. You know, I read uh, the Maze Runner and Divergent, and obviously Harry Potter, and you know, it's fine. The first book, the second and third book, the second book is confusing. It's just not, it didn't seem like she had a great vision for what she was writing. And so it didn't really come out very well. And the third book is just kind of a mess and is very, is like twilight level. I think of, um, bad YA literature. Um, but I think these movies, I think this is the rare case of, (laughs) Where a one of the one of these cases where the movies are sig- not just better but like significantly better than the films. Uh, Catching Fire, I, I you guys both said very good film. I think Catching Fire is a great action film. Um, that was in the top ten in my top ten for the year, whatever year that was that it came out, uh, 2013, I guess. And uh, I've watched it several times since, and that's a that's a very very solid film. Um, I think the first Hunger Games is a good film. You guys are both right. Mockingjay Part One is the worst of the of the series, and and Part Two, you know, I, I'll end up kind of looking at these. This Part One and Part Two is one whole movie, and it'll be it'll be fine. But it definitely could have been cut into one film without without really any any problem. I, I don't think so. Um, these have, I think, part of the reason to speak to what you guys are, are talking about how about how these these feel small uh, compared to other blockbuster type 
films, which these most certainly are. Um, one, you're 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 definitely right. Can't the first one was a very small film, or you know, for its scale anyway, and so that's kind of carried over. But two, it's it. I think I think it's because the, the source material is just really weak and doesn't bring a whole lot of weight to. You don't get a you don't get a lot of weight from the story beyond the fact that you know kids are being forced to kill kids for the entertainment of uh, rich people. Obviously, that's a weighty subject matter, um, but that's kind of where the the weight of the books ends. Um, and I think that absolutely translates into into these films. I think these films have done an just a, an incredible job of getting the absolute most out of the source material that you could possibly ever ask them to to get out and um and they've done a the directors and the producers and everything you know francis did francis lawrence do this one i gotta check yeah francis lawrence has done the last three uh he's been and he's been a very good director i think for the for this franchise and has done a great job with it but the the studio putting the film together in the first place and the casting especially uh, deserves a lot of credit. We give we give Summit as a whole quite a lot of crap for um, the garbage that they put into our theaters most of the year. But this is one example where they went into a, a series, I think knowing that they were going to make money, certainly not knowing that they were going to make this kind of money, but knowing this is going to be profitable pretty much no matter what we do, and, uh, and went in and got it right on all the casting and uh, the choices that they made from behind the camera and I think got writers who uh, understood the material maybe better than the writer of the book did. And it, I think that stuff shows because, I mean, I, I think they've got it. They, they nailed it with the casting. They caught a star right before she became a star. And she is, I mean, Jennifer Lawrence is just perfect for it. Uh, she's, she's perfect in just about anything that she does. And uh, she does such a great job in this series of bringing weight to something that really doesn't have it. And I, I thought that was maybe more apparent in this film than it has been in any of the others, even though this is not you know, nearly as good as Catching Fire or, or really even the first in the series. Um, but she does – she's just such a compelling presence on screen. And I think that this is a franchise that is – it fails, and it's probably they're probably bad movies if they don't have the right person in that. You know, if you swap Jennifer Lawrence with Kristen Stewart from Twilight, um, yeah, this these movies with the everything else the exact same. These movies drop down two or three grades, and I don't mean that to be a, a knock on Kristen Stewart, although I I don't particularly think that she's a very good actress. It's just that she doesn't have any any weight to her, any emotion, any, um, there's no compelling reason to watch Kristen Stewart on screen. I don't think. And, uh, and there absolutely is with charisma. Lawrence. Yeah, it's a charisma and, <laughs> and yeah, absolutely. But she just, there's things that it, it just so happens that they got, it's not just that she's charismatic. It's just not, not that just that she's compelling. She's also a great actress. And we've seen that in all these other movies where she's getting Oscar nominations and whatnot. It feels like every year she is going to put out a movie like this, where she just makes bank and another movie where she is going to be up for an Oscar, you know, and, and she's in with joy this year. That will be the exactly. Case. It's the exact same thing. She's a great actress. And this series uses her. They use her very well and they have, 
the absolute right person for that role. And I think that's what makes these I think it's what makes the movies so 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 much better than the books and why we're still doing podcasts over these movies instead of, you know, having I don't know, gone to see an advanced screening of Creed or something like that. You know, we, we there are other choices we could have made this week. Obviously this one made a ton of money, but a big part of the reason is because of Jennifer Lawrence and and you know, the rest of the cast is is just so well. Anyway, I've been rambling forever, but um you know, I enjoyed this film quite a bit. I thought I thought it was pretty solid. I'll end up seeing it again this weekend with family for Thanksgiving and whatnot. And I'm, you know, I'm not dreading that. I would not have gone to see James Bond again if that was the the choice that the family made. And so, uh, it's 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 a pretty solid film. It definitely could have been wrapped up last year. We definitely could have just had Mockingjay, and it's two and a half hours long, and we're done. But um, I think this one does a pretty good job of making up for whatever you know, the sins of the last film war, I guess. So sorry for the longest rant ever. I, it's interesting to hear you say that because my biggest complaint with the movies is that they spend too much time with PETA and Katniss, you know, uh, love story and not figuring themselves out. And what is, who does Katniss love? Is it Gail or is it PETA? Right. And less about exploring this universe that they've created and given sure. us. Sure. And, and it really annoys me that uh, I hear things in the book, such as the Jabber Jays, you know, that uh, storyline, Brian, yeah. um, mm-hmm. from the original. Like, basically, they were birds who, like like a mockingbird, you could tell something to them, and then they could fly somewhere and repeat that sentence or whatever. Mm-hmm. So people use them to communicate. But then the capital... Um, found out about it and uh, banned them or started using them against them. And then the people started feeding the birds false information and became this huge ordeal. And so the capital like made them go extinct or whatever, but then they mated with mocking birds and became mocking jays or something like that, or mated with blue jays and became mocking jays, something like that. Um, and so there were that wasn't explained at all. The Avox, the slave kind of people weren't explained right. at all in the movies. Right. Um the fact that there's apparently a scene after the original Hunger Games and in between catching fire where Katniss and PETA have to basically watch a replay of the Hunger Games. Yeah. And they basically have to watch what they've done, like all the murders that they had to commit and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it, it's apparently really gnarly and powerful and everything and uh big character building for those characters and we don't get that at all because this is obviously a teenage toned down version of the the actual event so there's a lot that wasn't explored and uh that's why it confused me or surprised me when you said that the movies got absolute most possible out that they could out of this uh out of the scenario or out of this series or whatever let me put it this way whatever because you're right i i I think just like you guys, I'm I'm assuming Richard the same way. I I got I got very tired and bogged down by the love triangle of of Katniss, Peta, and Gale, and I could not have cared less. That is probably ten percent of all of the love triangle. Oh, I know that is in the books, and it is it's so obnoxious and poorly written. And uh, the la- mocking mocking Jay especially, it felt like. 75% of the book was just this insufferable love triangles that no one cares about. Really, I don't think people really cared no, about all that much. No cha- as much chemistry as she has as an actress, she has zero with either of those actors. Right. And that's, and, 
Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And and honestly, that's kind of how it comes across in the book. And I, I don't think it was intentional. It's just yeah. kind of it's just not well written. They're not well written books. And uh, she had a Suzanne Collins is the author. She had a I think she had a very good idea for a book. And I don't think she had a, any clue how to go anywhere else with it, especially in a more, you know, she she's more of a children's author or like, you know, preteen author, I guess. And this definitely these books jump from it's one of the things that jk rowling i think maybe even doesn't get enough credit for it, it, you know i know kent hasn't read those books but or harry potter books but richard has and and they those those books progress the ages the age appropriateness i guess of those books uh progress as as the the kids in the book age really well it, you know the the first two books are kids books and then it it progresses to you know those those last two books that's that's not playing around that's not um kid material and uh you know that's very difficult to do so jk rowling should get credit for it. we probably shouldn't i should probably shouldn't bash on suzanne collins for getting it wrong but that is definitely a massive difference and so it's just it's interesting I think for me, I think Francis Lawrence and, and his team of writers, I think the last three books, they've done a great job of pulling the important stuff from those books and putting it on screen and then just kind of having to work around the annoying subject material stuff that you can't – I don't think you could have these movies without that stuff in there. Um but it is definitely the worst part of those books, and they're I think they're kind of hamstrung and trying to work around what just it didn't really work on page, and it definitely doesn't work on screen. But but it is part of the story, and so you've got to figure out how to fight through that stuff. I think. Yeah. And again, I haven't read the books, but I I've heard I know about the source material, or and and I know that each district sort of has their own forte or their own strength. Right. So that sort of leads to each person in the Hunger Games having their own right. right strengths and weaknesses. Like one of the districts does lumber, one of them is fishing, one of them is electronics, one you know, and they all supply this for the nation or the capital. And I wish that had been explored more, like how the other contestants use their skill sets to survive and to kill other people and things. Um there are hints at it, like for example the um the kid who I guess digs up the explosives on the pedestals, you know, at the beginning where they're all standing on the pedestals that blow up. So mm -hmm, nobody mm -hmm. can start before anyone else. Um, so he dig those up and, and puts them all in the center and Katniss like blows them up with the uh, bow and arrow, like the apple thing, you know, right. She, she gets the apple bag, the apples fall out and blow up the mines and, uh, and blows her up. Uh, so there was one example, but I wish we had more of that. Sure. And I wish we, I wish we had explored more of this, of this universe. And um, I don't think, I don't think it led up to its potential uh, as far as what I thought it was going to be after I came out of Catching Fire to what it ended mm -hmm. up being. Uh, mm -hmm. Pretty disappointed there. Yeah. Um, Same. As far as that goes. I came out of this curious, like, man, you know, my feeling coming out of this was I'm interested to see this had, you know. <sighs> even though it was four films, which is a lot, it felt like it was building towards something. And I walked out of this thinking it was still building towards something that I had to actually tell myself, Oh no, that was it. That's all it does. <laughs> right. It's over. Right. I mean, I knew narratively that it was over, but I just mean like in terms of the building of the plot, building of the tension, it felt like there was still more to do. Right. And then that's just all you get. And it's kind of like, uh, it's kind of defeating, yeah. right? Sure. And There's I, a lot of mythology 
as it were, that could be totally explored in that universe. And- it's really cool stuff. Like the people, the uh, the Avox, the people that be, basically had to become slaves. They're they're basically right. made mute. Um, they're not allowed to interact with people and things like that. That's the worst thing that could happen to you. Like if Katniss had hap- that had happened to her, she knew people like that. You know, I don't know. That would have made an interesting mm-hmm. plot point. And I think the uh, the Tracker Jackers. Maybe the coolest element of the first movie and of the um, actual Hunger Games themselves, maybe the best scene in the series is the Tracker Jacker scene in the first movie where she's cutting down the hive or whatever. Right. Extremely tense, good, well done, creative, all that stuff. Thought that would have come back around at some point in this series and made a difference at some point. Um, not really explored much. Just kind of mentioned and they show it to you, but yeah. never really comes to fruition. Nothing really... There's no really no real story arc like you know there's no circle to this uh nothing comes back around at all right. in this series yeah. uh you know and yeah very confusing uh, that is even you know narratively but also movie wise like even you could make that happen like adapting a book to a movie even if it doesn't happen that way in the book does that make sense cuz it makes a better movie story i don't <laughs> right. know right yeah know. you you just you I think in some way when you're adapting, it does kind of that way. Like you, the, the way spoiler, we we need to get into spoilers now. By the way, sure. spoilers yeah. for Hunger Games. All Hunger Games material is on our off limits at this point. Um, we sort of do that at the end of part two, when uh, Katniss sort of goes in the woods at the end with her bow for the first, because that's how the first movie starts. I was like, oh, if they're going to end it this way. That'd be a really cool, like come full circle moment. And then no, there's this whole uh, sort of. I guess epilogue at the end with uh with Katniss and everything and yeah missed opportunity and yeah not not the way I would have done it. I would have made it more poetic, I guess, than it ended up being. But yeah. And and I saw with a friend who is a uh, a big fan of the Hunger Games and she said that the Katniss and her little sister storyline really wasn't fleshed out as much as it should have or could have been because mm-hmm. that's like the biggest thing in right. the Hunger Games, or as far as Katniss is concerned, like the whole reason she volunteered ahead of her sister. Sure. So that uh, that disappointed my friend as well. How did you feel about that, the way that plot line played out? Yeah, I thought that was kind of a punt, the same way that the the Rue storyline in the first Hunger Games film was, was kind of a punt. It just, you know, yeah. uh, that was... One area where you're like, especially with these, you're like, these are, there's, you've devoted five hours <laughs> to this one book. So can we get a little more of that um, relationship, I guess, and, and the, the closeness between those two? Yeah, I think that was, I think they kind of missed on that, on that front a little bit. And, but, you know, that was, that's a four movie problem, not a one movie problem, if that makes sense. You know, they, that, that should have been done from the get go and, and was, was kind of a, a little bit lost in the shuffle, I would say. Yeah. And there's a CGI sequence with some like, I am legend zombie type creatures, mm-hmm. yeah, kind of the- poorly done CGI, but still an exciting sequence yeah. it's funny that well it, it did look like i am legend didn't it with with yeah this, what what was this. that what are those those people about it were they genetically uh, modified humans yeah or something? that's an area too where they really i think they just kind of i think it's too i they think skip over scary. that the whole the yeah. whole uh the fact that the government genetically alters all these people if you and remember, animals and if you remember in the first film 
and this was clearer in the book. It's one of the few places that I think the book was clearer than the films. But um, in the first film, towards the very end of The Hunger Games, when uh, Katniss and Peeta and whichever of the characters, the big bad, you know, uh, career guys is up on top of the cornucopia and down below them there's just chaos taking place and those were mutts too but in the and I can't remember if the film is the same as the book but in the book I, I believe the the mutts is what they're called that were kind of circling them and trying to get to them they were, were they were modified the from the tributes yeah, yeah exactly yeah and there was something about the fact that Katniss would see those dogs and she would see like the faces of the people yes. she was killing. Yes. Yeah, and that would like really creep her out as well, and that yeah. would have been an interesting thing to show in the movie. Yeah. Is I mean, that would have been expensive to do, okay. but I mean, yeah, would have I been think, a, a cool element, right? I think this was kind of the solution to a it being mm. too creepy to get a PG thirteen rating, and b you're definitely talking about some expense on that front if you if you went that route. So they they've kind of glossed over the mutts throughout uh, mm-hmm. this series, and then they they brought those out, and maybe that was. I don't know. Maybe that was a choice as far as like, you know, we're going to hold back and then make them, you know, really shock people with how creepy and weird they are. And, I, you know, it was I think that was an effective scene. But the the muds themselves, the, car- the the creature design, I guess, did kind of leave something lacking, which is funny because that was one of the downfalls of I Am Legend was the creature design on that was was kind of weak compared. And it's the same director. So, um, you know, maybe bring in Del Toro for that stuff. I don't know. <laughs> but um yeah that was kind of an odd i had kind of forgotten about them about mutts from the movies because it's been a while since i've read the books and those uh you know that was not quite that wasn't exactly what i had pictured in my mind i guess i do want to commend the hunger games people and um the producers and the casting and everything is superb in this i think they get yes multiple stanley tucci is phenomenal Mm -hmm. um Woody Harrelson for the little he's in it is is good. By the way, I think he's just doing a McConaughey impression. Like totally. I, I totally yeah. figured that out. Like yeah. oh, he's just doing McConaughey as right. as Hamish, but good. Uh, also, Elizabeth Banks is is very enjoyable as well. Um, but they get pretty much top notch stuff. But I'm selling my um, Josh Hutcherson stock after this <laughs> year. I don't see a very bright future for him. Uh, Liam Hemsworth is a Hemsworth, so of course bright future for him. He'll get work for a while. Um, Jennifer Lawrence, obviously the number one female actress in the world. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I feel positive about this series coming out. Uh, overall, a little disappointed in, in the lack of uh, execution on the potential that it had. Um, but not completely soured. It didn't completely fall off the cliff for me. There were some enjoyable moments in, in part two. But overall about part two, how did you feel like this wrapped it up, um, Brian? As far as what you were expecting from the second, uh, yeah, you part. know, it's it's like I said, it's kind of weak material. Um, so I wasn't, I didn't you weren't feel, expecting much. You yeah, were, I you, didn't feel like some. See, kind I didn't of, know. I didn't know what was how it ends. So I was going yeah, into this like I don't. I don't even know what's going to go on. I, right. I guess if you know how it ends, you're you're like, you know that nothing's going to happen. So you just right. kind of go to right. see. What it, yeah, it definitely does. It, it feels like kind of a weak ending. It, mm-hmm. it the book is very anticlimactic, and mm-hmm. and the the film is as well. Um, it's it's just too much effort, I would say, from the book being put into finding some sort. It's not even that it's a happy ending. It's a very 
I don't know. There's a there's way too much in the book. Way 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 too much debate back and forth between Gail and Peta and trying to find the right balance on that. And it just ends up coming across kind of sour, but in the like, but with like a fake bow on it. Does that make sense? Like it just it. That's mm-hmm. that's really hard to to describe. But um, it seems like it seems like Katniss. I don't know. It seems like she settled for PETA, and then we have to pretend like that's what everyone wanted in the first place. Does that make sense? I, I don't know. I, this is probably putting too much thought into something that really wasn't that well-written. But I think it's definitely an anticlimactic end, and there's just not there's just not a lot of substance there, yeah. um, which is, is, is kind of a – it was very frustrating reading the books, and it is kind of a little bit in these movies too because I think that first film has – a lot of substance to it and there's a lot being said and it just kind of gets muddled into revolution you know and you kind of by the fourth film you kind of start to forget why you're having a revolution in the first place and i will say one of the things that i did i did quite like about the book and and was carried over very well into the film was katniss's decision towards the end again we're in spoilers uh to to kill off the you know the the next would be president um that i think yeah it's it's kind of a, a downer and it's kind of sour but it it also was one of the few places throughout the last uh the couple of books where a decision was made that kind of went against what you would expect in this sort of ya film slash uh book i i think that was an that's a good choice and it does. It did kind of keep you, but it. But then at the same time, anything after that kind of feels like uh, it's anticlimactic, doesn't it? Like, couldn't yeah. the, uh, in some ways the the movie could have just in the book as well could have just ended right there. Not in some ways. It probably should have. If it ends right there, um, I think we all come away feeling like that was a pretty solid ending. But instead, we get another fifteen or twenty minutes of it, it's like the end of the Lord of the Rings almost. That felt like it ended six times before it actually ended you know that's and the that's eagles just show up and oh, <laughs> right right like, what uh <laughs> all that stuff and so anyway um that was kind of a a little bit not disappointing because i expected it but it does seem like kind of a downturn from where we've been previously or or what perhaps could have been i guess before we get to grades and all that stuff what what's what works for you guys within this film and and the film overall, the, the think, franchise. What overall. works for me is the idea, the world, the mm-hmm. Hunger Games themselves. Extremely interesting. I love the satire of entertainment. Like, you know, I guess the most obvious comparison or parallel is the NFL. Like, people mm-hmm. are going out there and basically killing themselves for our entertainment for totally. lots of money. Totally. And yeah. the government will even back them up because they love it. <laughs> you know, and like, the government will back up any sort of concussion issue or whatever the NFL has or, you know, a lot of that stuff doesn't go through the steroid stuff and, um, you know, people, it, t- it gets talked about, but no one really ever gets punished, but right. because there's so much money at stake and, and all that. And I love the parallel there, uh, mm-hmm. with this movie and there's a great story in future dystopia. It's one of my favorite dystopias that I've seen. It's not too over the top. It's not like, digitized like so many are like over the top um such as like blade runner like you see it for the first i love the movie blade runner the story of blade runner but the 
the way they envisioned the future back then is just kind of like, okay, we know it's not going to be like that. Like this is kind of, I don't know. There's a believability to it all. And, um, yeah. I, I, I like the execution and, um, the, the actual seed of the idea itself is, it interests me. What I don't like is the, uh, overemphasis on, like I said, the love story, but Katniss, interesting character. Um, would have liked to maybe seen this as a TV show or something. Um, maybe learn more about other characters and, and people. Like, and what I liked about uh, Catching Fire was that we meet other people in the uh, Hunger Games themselves, and we follow them around, and they team up together, and uh, they all use their skill sets. That was really fun and, and cool and interesting. And you know, after that, it's basically back to Katniss. But yeah, I will say, and I've heard Brian, you can probably back this up that the books are all Katniss. It's like all her perspective, all yeah. just her story. And in the mm-hmm. movie, they do try to give you more of you know President Snow and right. the other sort of things yeah. going on in uh, yeah in Pan Am. So yeah, and and screen Katniss much 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 better and more compelling than than book Katniss. Book Katniss, you're like just please shut up, please please stop focusing so much on her. I wonder She's when one of the least likable. By the end, in the beginning, there's nothing, the, you know, it's fine. But by the end of Mockingjay, I think she's one of the least likable protagonists uh, that you're that you're ever going to find in a story like this. And I I don't feel that way in the film. And I, I think that's part writing and part the fact that Jennifer Lawrence is just really, really good. Yeah, I wonder when she signed on for this. I wonder how long ago it was. I wonder if yeah. it was like a year before they started production or so because – she probably signed on for a trilogy or multiple films, but you know, she got like paid nothing. You know, yeah, and you know, like three or two years into it, she was just like, right. "What have I done with myself? Like, yeah. I'm the biggest actress in the world, and I'm freaking on Hunger Games sets for six months a year, basically." Yeah. You know, I definitely think she. I, I saw some reviews that, but the, the, but the, but what I before you say this, Brian, mm-hmm. I will say she does not phone this in at all. No. She gives oh, it one hundred fifty percent of her because she knew that. People would probably say, "Oh, she phoned it in because of some random, yeah. you know, series." And she's not serious about it. But her performance in Mockingjay was very emotional, and she—you could tell she was. Unless yeah, she's the, she might be the greatest actor of all time, but she didn't. Right. She seemed like she wasn't acting in this. Oh uh, no, there was definite effort yeah. for sure, and I think that is to her credit. And I and I would say, you know, I saw some reviews that suggested that she seems too if not too old then um definitely too experienced i guess for this this role like we think of jennifer lawrence not so much as katniss anymore as we do you know silver linings playbook and american hustle and we've definitely seen a more grown-up side of jennifer lawrence now but i think that i i I don't know for some reason that to me that kind of adds to the environment of this film of this person who you know this character has been through hell to begin with but also you know she was she's a kid in the first movie i only think of her as the girl from the beaver but continue (laughs) that's i can agree that's her best work american treasure right is that next (laughs) australian treasure australian treasure okay he was born here sorry dude oh sorry sweet got him um (laughs) he's in right he's ours he's ours that's that's a vote Uh, yes kent yeah uh, but I think she, you can vote him in and be the one to have to just like you did with uh, imagine the backlash Cosby. Yeah. OK, Whew. go ahead. Um, anyway, I just think I think, yes, yeah, she is too, quote unquote, old for this this kind of uh, film and these roles. But she a does it so well. And B, that's kind of part of what makes that character compelling, I think, is that 
um, she was a kid and now she's had to go through all of this horrible tragedy to, uh, and come out the other side. And I, I don't know, that's, that's somewhat poetic or, or fitting at least, I think. And, and, um, you know, I, I like to see her go back to her roots, you know, on the billing ball show and <laughs> that back. No, but she is, it was the perfect time to kind of put this behind her. Yeah. And oh, totally. Yeah. yeah. It's not, I think it's perfect that joy comes out like in three weeks. Right. Yeah. This was perfect for this era in her life. She needed a franchise and she continues to have one in X-Men. Right. But I'm glad that this one wasn't as open-ended as something like Harry Potter. That's eight, nine, ten films. Cause this was probably one, maybe two films too long. Yeah. And, uh, it's uh it's but it's it's fine i I like her and i'm glad she did it. i don't have anything against it. i think it's a it's a decently it's a perfectly fine franchise if yeah. my I, I always think of this this way if my 14 girl 14 year old girl if i had a daughter that was like 14 15 16 and she was super into hunger games that's great that's fine that's totally. who this is for yeah please please watch slash read these instead of twilight i'm totally yeah. good with that exactly yeah, absolutely totally well, I don't think they're really marketing to the cynical 29-year-old hipster pop culture. Sure, man. sure, you know but, I mean? so but like at a, the same time, but the three of us sat through four of these, and and yeah. I enjoy them all. You know, I'm an, I'm thinking my grade's gonna probably going to be a little bit higher than y'all's, but none of us have, you know, super Mine's bad. Mine's an A++. Plus, 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 plus. It's, plus, one, plus. it's one that I would watch again. Could I you mean, guys sit through Twilight? Could no. You, I mean, no, I well, I've seen all the Twilights, man. I sat through, could you do it again? I guess that's the... That's oh, the, I, I watched them once a week, so... <laughs> I'm just trying to kill your analogy. Um, no, I could not. Absolutely not. No. I've seen the first and I think the third Twilight. And I, you if you made me watch those on a daily basis, well, I'd Did you die. watch them in the order they came out or in the real order? Because you have to watch them. Well, I've only seen the director's cut. Three, so. one, four, two is how you have to watch. <laughs> I prefer the machete order. Yeah, uh, it's the machete order. <laughs> you, or else you're not getting it. You don't understand right, the, the nuances. With me, right, Kent? Uh, I'm with spark. you. The sparkly vampire. Gosh, that that movie, the first one was on. Lindsay was flipping channels the other day, and that was on my TV for about a minute and a half, and I almost hit the the TV with a hammer. That is just that's got to be the worst pop culture phenomenon. I worked at a bookstore for all of that. Oh man, gosh, that's got to be the worst. Yeah, that's definitely the one. If nothing else, like that's the. That's like the brutal fashion statement that is only popular for six weeks, and then you look back at those pictures and think, "Oh my gosh, what was I? Why was I wearing Jinkos? You know, <laughs> something, something like that. That is a. That's got to be a number one. My cardigan really ties the Jinkos together. So. <laughs> Screw Love it, man. It's awesome. All right. Well, how do we feel this ended? Uh, the ending, the ending, endings Ooh. of all these movies, uh, in my opinion, have been kind of eye rolls. Agreed. The the end of the first one where, oh, you both win, you know, I was like, oh, my gosh, really, you know, um, and the end of this one, it was an eye roll because I knew exactly what was going to happen. She was either going to shoot both of them at the same time or take out uh, Julianne Moore, which she did. So how did you feel that that was executed, Brian, knowing that actually knowing the ending, I guess? I guess. So did you so, think the build up was successful? I don't I think I think you are in the minority, I would suggest of people who ha- who did not read the books and so they didn't know the ending that weren't surprised. Maybe like 2 minutes before she shot that arrow, um people would have I think the majority may have been able to start putting it together, but I would I would guess that 
there are more people who were surprised by that ending than than not i would guess that's just you know yeah. i could be totally wrong on that but that's but that's a guess i thought it was well executed i think that's a good ending and that's one of the better parts of that of that book and and works i think pretty well on the film um maybe it was telegraphed a little i don't know but i i thought that was a pretty solid ending i think catching fire also has a very good ending mocking jay part one and um definitely hunger games their endings are kind of eh okay mm-hmm. um a little more cliche tv or excuse me movie than uh than they were. I think Catching Fire has a very solid ending, but that's a that's a borderline great film as far as blockbusters go anyway. So you want to hit grades here? Any final thoughts on Hunger Games? Probably won't ever revisit this again in the history of the podcast. So <laughs> sure. except except in passing. So Yeah. Yeah. That's it. It's all said and done. Well, let's, go grade. Grade. Let's, let's go grade. Let's go grades for Mocking J part two. I would say one thing on this real quick. Okay. Sorry, I was I was muted, so I, I messed up. But I, I would say I think the Hunger Games series is the most mediocre um, franchise of all time. In that I mean anything that's better than the Hunger Games is good. Yeah. Anything that's worse than the Hunger Games is bad. It's, it's like the, the most perfect... it's the most B thing ever, maybe. Yeah. It's just like down the middle totally. So now I will judge all franchises like did I like it more than the Hunger Games? Yeah, okay. Then that means it was good. Mm-hmm. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's perfectly it's a fastball. The first pitch fastball right down the middle. That's gonna set up the umpire for all the other pitches. I completely agree, Richard. And I would grade this as a as a B. I would grade the whole series as a B. I would probably if I was gonna grade all the movies, I would go Hunger Games one, B plus. Hunger Games two, A minus. I would go Hunger Games three, B minus, and Hunger Games four B. Uh what about you, Brian? I would go higher. Um, I think they're pretty solid films. There's not, they're not great, 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 but it's not Harry Potter. But um, I think Ken doesn't it, get that right. Nothing is I Brian. I nothing know. is. If you lined up all of the YA adaption franchises or would be franchises and whatnot, it's probably number one actually. It's definitely number one behind. But besides, besides Harry Potter, that's kind of a, its own thing. Um, I think it. It succeeds in a lot of areas where so many of these uh, adaptations fail miserably, and uh, you know a big part of that is the cast. And but they've gotten a lot right behind the scenes that absolutely could be blown and has been blown several times. So I, for me, I think Hunger Games number one is kind of right on the border between A minus and an A. Catching Fire is an A. I think I gave Mockingjay Part One a low A minus and I would give this probably a high A minus. So I think my average for the for the whole franchise would be, you know, somewhere in that A minus range. Richard. I would give this I'll probably gonna be the lowest. I'm gonna say this is a B minus if I had to rank the whole thing. First, also B minus. Second, A minus. Third, C plus. This one B minus. Okay. What about does it for the Hunger Games? Send us your thoughts. Email us at madaboutmoviespodcast at gmail.com. Tweet us at MAM underscore podcast. Comment on this episode's thread on our Facebook. Let us know what you think of the Hunger Games series. Speaking uh, of emails, I've got a quick tangent. Okay. Uh, We got an email earlier this week from a uh, a Rachel Sov. I think I don't know how to say it. Suave. Suave? Rico Suave, I think. Uh, Okay. (laughs) Rico Suave, um, Salve, I don't know, whatever it is. 
with a very detailed list of, of her and her friends' favorite scenes of all time. Always Addressed feel- only to you, by the way. Not well, me again. Just you. So, well, you know, yeah. get deal with it. You know, the ladies love me. <laughs> um, no, but I will say we love getting emails like that on like people's favorite uh, yeah. scenes or movies or whatever. Like, send it. We haven't done it. We haven't mentioned it in a while. But always feel free to send us your top ten list. We try to always hit you back with a reply, uh, throw you some notes on it. You know, start a conversation on it. We like the emails. The emails break up our day pretty well. And so uh, if you ever just want to, you're not, it seems like a super like pretentious thing to do. Like, oh, I'll send you my top 10 list. But we, we uh, think it's awesome. So yeah. always feel free to do that. It's always a great way to kind of start a conversation. And I love seeing how different everyone's lists are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we make fun of you if you have a terrible list. Behind your back, but not to your face. So. No. But I, I'm terrible. I always, I always hit reply when I mean to hit forward. And then I, I accidentally leak you all the meat. <laughs> no, wow. you, know, you really do. Yes, absolutely. Thank you for that, and keep them coming. Hey, what's up, ma'am, fam? Kent here. And yes, if you're hearing from me, you know it's time to talk about Blue Apron. If you haven't tried out Blue Apron by now, what the heck are you even doing? Blue Apron is the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. They deliver fresh meals straight to your door. All the food is fresh. It's sourced from local farms, and there's no wasted ingredients. I've been a Blue Apron subscriber for a long time now, and they have still, to this day, never let me down. There's tons of variety. Some featured upcoming meals include summer vegetable and egg paninis, soy glazed pork and rice cakes, skillet vegetable chili with cheddar drop biscuits, holy crap, and garlic butter shrimp and corn with green bean salad. So take it from me. Try out Blue Apron now. Go to blueapron.com slash mad. That's blueapron.com slash mad. Get three meals on us for free. Nothing goes better with a movie than dinner. So check out Blue Apron. Blueapron.com slash mad. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. And uh, before we get out of here, guys, let's hit a recommend. Weekly recommends. Well, what do you got for us this week, Richard? I saw a movie, guys. No. I saw a film. So I watched The Italia Job on my cruise ship 17 times. Um, no. <laughs> I saw a movie that, uh, that I'm pumped to talk about with you guys um, in the coming weeks. So I'm not going to talk about it too much because I'm saving for the notes, but I, I saw Spotlight. Oh, I'm excited, man. I really want to see that. Is it weird to be excited? I think excited is probably the wrong word for that film. I am... Uh, I'm going to get you up for excited. Okay, cool. Um, big, big fan of that scandal. Um, yeah, no, that looks... Like a very good. Play. How did they work in the time travel element, though? I'm curious. You'll just have to see. Okay, cool. <laughs> Rachel McAdams joke. Thanks. How is uh, Mark Ruffalo? Is he the magician the entire time? And is... <laughs> no, but oh, the man. Batman stuff is weird. I'm yeah. gonna go ahead and put that up. There. The Birdman it's or Batman? Both. <laughs> but guess what? Roger Sterling, awesome as ever. Oh, that guy's great. I'm excited to maybe talk about that one. Is that your recommend or just yeah, to say you saw it? I don't want to talk about it too much because uh, we're going to do an episode on it, but I do want to say it's awesome and I'm super excited to talk about it with you guys. Okay. Uh, Brian. So I've been racking. I think I recommended uh, The Flash a few, I don't know, a couple months ago. Season one is on Netflix. I've been racking season two on my DVR and hadn't watched any of them until this last week. And I've, I've watched five or six of them. 
and the show is just really good. It's it they I don't know what I don't know how the CW is making good shows, but but they really are. And the Flash I think is is tops on that list. It's fun. It doesn't take itself too seriously, but it still manages to have kind of an emotional core. Uh, and and the guy who plays the Flash is is really good and very well cast for that role. Definitely better casting. I think on these TV shows than we're gonna get on uh, on the movies. So, uh, you know what? I'm I'm really enjoying it. Um, it does a great job of kind of straddling the line between uh, being serious and being uh, campy or cheesy. And uh, I've, I've anyway, it's it's solid. Second season, solid. Uh, and uh, I would I would recommend. Would you say that the that. that's the the best superhero series? Is is Daredevil the best? Daredevil, I, I, yeah, probably. I have but a Daredevil's question. a different thing. Like that's a very serious, gritty, um, hardcore show, and this is different. I, you know, I really like Agents of Shield as well, um, and I know that one's fair, is a more divisive uh, show than I think than the Flash is. But, but I like I like Shield, and I, I think they do a good job with that one as well, and find the right tone. I'm I've yet to get to a point. Since about middle of the first season to where where I felt like, okay, if this doesn't get going, then I'm going to get out. I, I enjoy the the uh, the mythos, and I enjoy the week-to-week stuff that they add in. But The Flash is really good, too. It's probably a – it might be a better show, but S.H.I.E.L.D. might be the one that I'm – that I – I don't know, is my favorite, I guess. But that, it's close. It's close. But Daredevil is, is probably the best, and it's a – but that's a totally different kind of thing. Okay. Well, I was wondering because the Jessica Jones show came out. Have you watched it? Well, I I haven't, but I, and I haven't watched. I've only watched uh, two episodes of Daredevil, and I've oh. only watched a couple episodes of The Flash. So, and I want to get into one of those shows. I just didn't know which one I should should dive yeah. into. I I would say The Flash is an easier watch because it's not. Ser- I mean, it's not serious hardly okay. at all. Um, but Daredevil only and has Gotham the- too. I've Gotham I, sucks. You okay. can you can immediately cut that out. I okay. I hate Gotham. That's a pretty. Pretty rotten show to me. Um, I've heard some people say the second season is better, but I watched. I think I watched the whole first season and I hated it for the last half, and I just was kind of trying to play out the string. Uh, and I watched two episodes at the beginning of this season and just said, okay, this is enough. It's this is a bad show. I don't like the tone. I don't like the characters. It's poorly, re- you know, all that sort of. Stuff. I would cut Gotham out. You can cut. You can knock Daredevil out in a weekend because uh, it's only ten or thirteen episodes. I think. But I think the Flash is highly enjoyable to watch. I would say. Okay, uh, great. Thanks for the recommend, Brian. As always, yep. I am going to recommend something from Netflix. It's a actually kind of a short film, if you will. Uh, I don't know if you've seen this on your queue, maybe uh, on your suggestions. It's called Kung Fury. Uh yeah, it seems familiar. Sounds familiar. I think it was a Kickstarter or something like that. Um, it's one of the more ridiculous things I've ever seen in my life on film. Uh, it's it's kind of an act, 80s action movie, uh, sort of in the vein of MacGruber, but they go all out. Like it looks like it was shot in the 80s, like 100%. Um, it, it's completely over the top. Like the physics of it are completely wacko and everything. It's only 30 minutes long, uh, but watch it. It's completely ridiculous and crazy, and it's worth 30 minutes. So Kung Fury. Okay. Oh, Netflix. it's got Yorma in it. Yes, director of MacGruber. Yes, featured. You're gonna you're gonna like it, Richard. Please, y'all, y'all watch it tonight and uh, let me know okay. what you think. 
And cool. same with the Thank listeners. You. I'm going to cancel Sarah's birthday and watch this. <laughs> Do it. Happy birthday, Sarah, by the way. And you, Richard. Oh, so appreciate that. She'll shout it out. She listens to the show religiously. So do I. And by that, I mean she religiously has never listened to an episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, what do we got this week, uh, Brian? Where can we find you online and keep up with you? You can find me on the Twitter at bgill 12 and you can find my writing occasionally at madaboutmoviespodcast.com. Richard, where can we find you? You can find me uh, on Twitter at Richard Barden or at richardbarden.com. Kent, where might I find you? You can find me on Twitter at Kent Garrison. Find our show on Twitter at mam underscore podcast. If you want to Support us. Believe us five stars on iTunes. You can also donate the amount of your choosing at our website. Just click the donate button. And uh, until next time, we'll see you at the cinema. Bye. Goodbye. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Tossed salad and scrambled eggs. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe. But I got you pegs. But I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. Scrambled eggs all over my face. They're making me ya ya. Tossed salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again.